Welcome to the Truth Doctor Podcast, hosted by Dr. Courtney Tracy. In each thought-provoking episode, Dr. Tracy cuts through the bullshit and dives into the mental health of her guests to help you better understand your own mind. This podcast is made in collaboration with Dive Through, a mental wellness company. Hello, welcome back to the Truth Doctor Podcast. My name is Dr. Courtney Tracy. You know me on the internet as the Truth Doctor. And in the last episode, we all heard from Christina Wolfgram, a comedian and human being who experiences anxiety regularly and gets super real on her own podcast and within her Facebook and online videos that that have received over half a billion views. In the episode, we talked about how Christina did a deep dive into the reasons why anxiety makes us poop differently. Either we get constipated or we get, you know, the runs. Now, the whole episode wasn't about anxiety poops, but her first episode of her podcast was in fact about that. And that brought up a lot for me that many of you may not know what's actually going on in the body when you experience anxiety. And so on this No BS Breakdown episode, we are going to be diving into all things anxiety as it relates to the physical body. Before we go ahead and start doing that, another reminder to listen for something on this episode that resonates with you. Maybe something that you had never heard before, something that you heard and you went, that explains what has been happening to me. Or maybe you hear something that, that your friend or your family member could benefit from. When you hear that, pause the episode, take a screenshot and share it on social media, tagging both myself at the period truth period doctor and this podcast at truth doctor show. The more people who hear these truth messages, the more the world is getting better a little at a time. Now let's dive into what anxiety actually does to the physical body. Now, everybody has anxiety from time to time. Having anxiety is normal. The reason why we have anxiety is to alert us. Now, okay, anxiety is a a feeling. It is a physiological occurrence that happens in our body, in our nervous system, in our mind. And there is a survival reason that we get anxious. We get anxious because we need to be told or we need to be able to perceive uh, our internal environment and our external environment for a danger. So that's why everybody has anxiety from time to time. It's because we have this smoke detector that's going off, letting us know if our house is on fire and our, if our internal body is on fire, if our external environment um, can be dangerous to us in one way or another, physically or psychologically. So everybody has anxiety from time to time, but chronic anxiety, having an anxiety disorder, having disordered anxiety, and, and there's a difference between those things. So you can have regular anxiety that seems reasonable and is not out of proportion to the situation at hand. You can also have disordered anxiety. So maybe you have a combination of different symptoms that would fall under a a general anxiety disorder or a social anxiety disorder, but you don't quite meet that criteria. Maybe you struggle with something called disordered anxiety. And as a therapist and as other medical professionals, we would you know, use a diagnosis of something like uh, anxiety disorder, not otherwise specified, or other anxiety disorder, things like that. But for your own context as the listener, you can think about it in three different ways. You can think about it as normal anxiety, as disordered anxiety, or as the type of anxiety that meets criteria for a specific anxiety disorder. And I think a lot of us realize that anxiety can have a major impact on our thoughts, 
and on our emotions and on our relationships and perhaps on our environment based off of our behaviors. But I think it's a lot less common that people understand that anxiety, it starts from a reaction within your body. Every, every emotion starts from a reaction in your body of some kind, some type of activation in your brain or some type of activation within your body. And so anxiety can have really intense uh, consequences on your physical body. And I think anyone that has actually experienced anxiety attacks or panic attacks really understands what I'm talking about. So there are lots of different ways that anxiety can actually affect your body. If you've ever actually felt anxiety uh, in a normal situation, then try to think about what it was like for you. Maybe you got in a minor car accident and the car rear-ended you and you automatically feel your heart racing and your hands start sweating or your armpits start sweating, or uh, maybe you are studying for a test, or maybe you're sitting down after studying for a test and you realize that you start to get super nervous in the moment. You start to get test anxiety because you realize, you know, your, all those thoughts will run through your head of... Um, like, am I prepared for this test? But then you notice maybe you start going blank or maybe you go blank or your thoughts are racing. Bunch of different things can be happening during normal anxiety, but long-term anxiety and chronic anxiety, severe anxiety can be really debilitating to your body. So what is actually happening in your body when you're experiencing anxiety? Well, let's think about what happens in the short term. And then let's think about what happens in the long term if you experience anxiety for too long. So in the short term, let's say something spikes your anxiety. First thing that you're going to probably experience is changes in your breathing and changes in your heart rate. More than likely, you will experience an increase in heart rate and an increase in pulse. And two different things can happen when it comes to your breathing. Sometimes people hold their breath when they experience something really anxiety provoking or traumatic and other people will increase their heart rate or increase their breathing. And so two different things can happen. When you first start to feel anxiety, your heart rate increases, your pulse increases, and you're either holding your breath as part of the freeze response, or you are starting to breathe a lot faster, which can be part of a flight or a fight response. So what's happening in addition to that is your brain is sending messages to your body that something's going on and your body needs to prepare to protect itself. So it's concentrating blood flow to your brain in the areas for you to be able to be alert, figure out where you need to go and what you need to do to get done what you need to get done. So that contributes to the anxious emotions as well as the anxious thoughts that you're experiencing. It also sends blood to your major muscles. So if you are in either, what it's going to tell you to do is freeze those major muscles, or it's going to tell you to use those major muscles to fight or to flight to get out of that situation. So you can experience really tense muscles. And you, that's when you can start to experience sweating because your body thinks that it needs to sweat to regulate its own temperature because it's assuming that you are engaging in a dangerous situation and you need to run away, you need to freeze, or you need to fight back. When you continue to experience anxiety, either in an either in a specific situation, like it's just a traumatic situation, you constantly are getting that anxiety response activated over and over again, or you're in a household, for example, where you're constantly anxious, you're constantly being exposed to situations that are um, stressing you the fuck out. 
either you can't say this or you can say that, or you, you feel like you live in a dangerous situation or household, or your partner is always yelling at you or anything that would really increase your anxiety. People that can also experience really severe anxiety symptoms are people who put a lot of pressure on themselves to be perfect or have really high stressful jobs. And they're not even trying to be perfect. They're just really trying to get everything done. So there's a difference between short-term anxiety that happens in the immediate moment. And you have all of those physiological experiences that I just described. And then what happens when you experience long-term anxiety and long-term anxiety is if, if you continue to be exposed with your body, having those chemical releases and the blood flow going to specific areas and those racing thoughts and the increased heart rate and the increased breathing or the holding your breath. If you've experienced that for long periods of time, your body's going to get used to reacting like that. You're going to experience chronic anxiety responses to things in your life that should and should not cause you to experience anxiety. And your whole body is going to be experiencing this consistent fluctuation of heightened anxiety and then probably an inability to return to baseline. So you're going to have these ups and downs of your heart rate constantly, of your breathing constantly, and your organs, your internal organs, including your brain your GI system, your immune system, all, all the systems within your body are going to start to feel significant impact as a result of this fluctuation, as a result of these stress hormones and these anxiety chemicals being released in your body, because it's as though you're in constant fear. It's as though there's always a bear attacking you or you're always in the car accident. Every day, you can have that same physiological response and it can be extremely debilitating to your entire physical body. Here are some of the symptoms that you can experience in addition to the ones that I described when it comes to physical responses to anxiety. Another thing is you can experience headaches. You can experience headaches from anxiety because your blood flow is constantly changing. And the stress that you're experiencing can be raising your body temperature, which can also get you to experience headaches. So you can experience headaches from constant worry and stress and, and headaches from the constant anxiety chemicals that are being released in your body. Also irritability. If your blood flow is constantly changing and your breathing is constantly changing and your digestive system is changing where you're hungry or you're not hungry, and we'll get into that in a minute, you can experience irritability because you can't deal with your racing thoughts. You can't deal with how much your body is sweating and how much you feel like you're going to be attacked when you're not being attacked. And then in general, breathing problems, like in a panic attack, people can actually report that they feel like they actually cannot breathe. And that is that can be a freeze response where your body's like, you need to stand as still as you perfectly can, but you're also in this panic. And so it's sort of this this disconnection between what's happening in your body and what's actually happening on the outside environment. Um, so holding your breath or breathing really heavily, and this affects your lungs. Your lungs are created and developed and need a general basis of deep, slow breathing. That tells your body that you're safe. And when you're experiencing heightened anxiety and you're either breathing super fast or you're holding your breath, your lungs aren't, they aren't being capable of functioning the way that they normally should function. And that has to do with the heart as well. Heart palpitations can occur with panic attacks, but they can also happen with anxiety in general. So super fast heartbeat. If your heart is beating significantly faster than it is used to beating or is really equipped to beat, that can cause heart problems. That can cause chronic illness down the line. 
also a loss of libido. And there's a reason for this. Evolutionarily, if there's a bear coming after you in the woods and you need to run away, you really shouldn't be thinking about whether or not you want to have sex with someone. That might get you killed. And so you can lose your libido. You can lose your sex drive. You can also experience really extreme fatigue when your body can feel super tired. So if there's blood flowing to the large muscles of your arms and your legs so that you can run away, that's going to be pretty tiring. Your body is preparing for attack or for flight, or it's holding the muscles frozen so that you aren't seen in whatever situation that you may find yourself in. And that's exhausting. And what's even more exhausting is that if you're experiencing those symptoms, when you're not in a need to experience them, your body can be fatigued in moments when you actually do need to experience that anxiety and have that reaction. And you may not be able to have the most appropriate reaction because you're already so tired from constantly feeling anxious. And that's something that people with anxiety deal with a lot. They feel like, oh, I just, I can't handle really stressful situations. Like I'm so weak. And what they don't realize is that, no, you suffer from an anxiety disorder. Like you're, you're anxious all the time. Your body's anxious all the time. And so it's like, you're running a slow jog constantly throughout your day. And then you go to run a marathon and you wonder, or you think, you know, you're so tired, you can't run it. And then you blame yourself. You blame yourself because you're too weak. And I just want to say that I'm really sorry if that's the thought process that you're having, because your body has been taking care of you that whole time has been making you slightly anxious, mildly, moderately, you're severely anxious all the time when it wasn't even necessary. And so give yourself some, give yourself a break. And I know that sounds a lot easier said than done if you're suffering from anxiety, but I mean, cognitively, you're not weak because you feel weak in moments when you need to be strong because you're being subtly strong all the time. You're constantly battling for yourself when you're not even in a battle and, and your body's really fighting for you. And that's something that you need to realize. Um, you can also experience upset stomach. And so this really comes into play with the episode where I interviewed Christina Wolfram and she was talking about the first episode of her podcast where she talked about anxiety poops. And, you know, I, I'm not someone that dives into that information too much, but we did for a little bit in the beginning of the last episode. And now we're talking about it now. So why would we experience an upset stomach? Why would we experience diarrhea or constipation if we're, if we're anxious, if we have chronic anxiety or if we're anxious in the moment? Because, well, first of all, our digestion slows when we are experiencing anxiety or trauma. When our body feels like we need to fight, flight, or freeze, then we shouldn't be digesting our food. Like it's more important that we run away than we digest our food. And there's nerves that are connected from our brain and the part in our brain that tells us that we need to be anxious, which is called the amygdala. It pays attention to fear and danger. It allows you to act aggressive. Uh, you need impulse control to, to reduce the, the responses that your amygdala and your brain wants you to release. But anxiety comes from partially from the amygdala turning on. And there's a bunch of nerves that go from your body to your brain, from your brain to your body. And there's nerves that go from your brain and they attach to all of your organs, which is why your heart races, which is why your breathing changes, which is why you experience a decrease in libido, which happens in the brain. Um, and why you can experience an upset stomach because your brain is telling your stomach, stop digesting. Like now is not the fucking time. Like we're being attacked, right? So 
that's why, and here's, so here's the reason why either of those things can happen, constipation or diarrhea. So constipation is because it's like, no, 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 no time to digest, no time to excrete. Like we got some shit going on and we got to get out of here. And so your brain tells your body, let's not right now. And then another thing can happen. If you're like on the move, if your body feels like you got to be on the move, then what can happen is you can have the runs or diarrhea. And what your body's trying to do is get rid of everything that your body may digest because uh, that, that may digest in place of being able to run or fight from what it is that you need to. So it's like, let's get it all out there so that we're lighter, so that we don't have like our digestive system being uh, active when we need our nervous system, our muscular system to be more active instead. So that's why you can have digestive changes. You can have um, chronic heart issues, breathing problems, loss of libido, extreme fatigue, increase in blood pressure. You can have blood pressure issues. Like there's studies that show that, that later on in life, if you've had a really stressful life, then you have to be on blood pressure medication because your veins and arteries are so tired from pumping the blood because you've been anxious and it thinks that you need to fight or flight or freeze. And you can experience muscle aches and other pains. And, and, and this is really a large part of where chronic illness comes in, comes into play. Because if you are constantly being traumatized, you are constantly in an anxious state of being, then it's as though there's always something wrong. And your immune system can't stand the amount of stress and anxiety that you may be experiencing because of your external environment, your internal environment, or your internal adjustment to your external environment that causes you to have an anxiety disorder or a trauma disorder. If you have a trauma disorder, you likely have many anxiety symptoms as part of your trauma disorder or part of your trauma response. There are lots of different types of anxiety disorders. There's generalized anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, like I just said, includes anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, phobias, panic attacks, agoraphobia, phobias in general. Every single one of these disorders affects your central nervous system and your peripheral nervous system. Here's the difference. The central nervous system is within the center of your body. It's your brain and your spinal cord. Your peripheral nervous system is everything that extends out into the appendages uh, and to your organs. So periphery, central meaning the center of your body and peripheral meaning the, your periphery all other areas of your body. So your central nervous system and your peripheral nervous system combine to make your nervous system in general. And your nervous system is what controls the messages between your body and your brain and your brain and your body. And when you're experiencing anxiety, they all work together to take care of you. That's another really important piece that I think I will close this podcast episode with is your body is trying to protect you. That's what anxiety is. I know that it doesn't feel like it's trying to protect you, but it is. It thinks that you're in danger. And so it's acting as though you are. And that can feel so debilitating. I completely understand as a, as a therapist that suffers with extreme anxiety. People say they suffer from anxiety and I suffer from debilitating anxiety. So I get it. And it has really affected my health in the past. It's kind of affected my health in the present because we're in the middle of a global pandemic and I have a lot going on. But your nervous system's trying to protect you. 
people trigger warning for life loss, people will take their life because of the amount of anxiety that they feel because it is that debilitating. They feel that out of control of their body. And what is so sad about those situations is that all that your body is trying to do when you are experiencing anxiety is help keep you alive. So your body is just not understanding that it's hurting you when it's trying to help you. And, and of course, there's other reasons that could lead someone to making that choice to end their life. Probably, you know, reasons that contributed to why they're experiencing the anxiety in the first place. But there are ways to repair your body. There are ways to repair the new system and cycle that has been created because of the trauma or anxiety that you've experienced. You can retrain your, your brain to calm the fuck down. You can retrain your body that it's safe that being touched is safe, that you can breathe deeper, that you can slow down your heart rate through your breathing and through relaxing your muscles. You can train your anxious body that you're safe by putting healthy foods into it and allowing it to digest slowly. You can train your body that it doesn't need to be anxious by giving yourself self-touch, by taking bubble baths, by taking hot showers, by doing yoga, by, by intentionally activating your nervous system in a calming manner, trying mm, preferably to connect your body, mind, and your spirit. And you connect your spirit through intentionality and you connect your mind by intentionally watching your emotions and your thoughts as you are intentionally moving your body also. So remember that, remember that anxiety is actually trying to protect you. And that's the truth that I want to leave you with. My name is Dr. Courtney Tracy. You guys know me on the internet as the truth doctor. And like I just said, the truth is your anxiety is really trying to protect you. Your body doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And the way to tell your body that you're okay is to actually tell your body that it's okay through moving your body and connecting your body, mind, and spirit. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Truth Doctor podcast with Dr. Courtney Tracy. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. See you in the next episode.